Hello, and welcome to In Star Trek We Trust. This week, we will be discussing The End is the Beginning, Episode 3 of Star Trek Colin Picard. My name is Ethan, and as always, I'm joined by... Kevin. And let's <clears throat> get ready to rumble. So we're finally in space. Picard is finally has his ship and his crew assembled mostly... We're finally in space. In theory. In theory. I think we have we have one more character we've yet to meet. The Romulan Samurai. I think we saw idea. him, though, not quite in space yet, right? We saw him about to go into space. <clears throat> well, they warped away oh, okay. at the end. Yeah. So, so the pilot's now officially over. The beginning has officially come to an end. Okay. Yeah. So. I, I, okay. Sure. The beginning has come to an end. And the end of this episode is the beginning of the show, then? Is that what the title is? Well, the episode's called The End is the Beginning. Yeah, like the end of this episode is the beginning of the end show. The end is the beginning. I think I've been watching this This episode show is first. the end is the end of the beginning. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. I feel like I've been watching Picard already. Yes. And I think that any of the writers that want to tell me that I haven't, yeah. I don't agree. So, I liked it, but I will say, I'm not... This week, I don't find myself left with as many questions as I've had before. Because it's still just sort of continuing what we weren't clear on last week. I mean, there were some new mysteries, new kind of theories, but I have two questions. I don't we'll find myself I don't find myself asking as many as I did last week or the week before. But I'm happy to see that we got some of our questions somewhat answered. Yes. But what are your two questions? Okay, my my one my question number 1, where are the Borg? In the Delta Quadrant. Okay, fine, but where are all the Borg? Where are the rest of them? Yeah, well, how do we know that? This is in the future. Where are, are you the... asking the Borg on that ship or just the collective itself? The Borg, in general. Where's the? Well, they're based in the Delta Quadrant. Well, I know where they're based, yeah. but what I want to know is where are they now? Where are they now? Because <laughs> we've seen them all over the place in the past. Well, again, as they... as they stated last week, that since this cube has been severed, the collective just considers it a graveyard. So True, but what are the Borg up to generally? But... I mean, they're not just... If history has shown anything, the Borg do come back to collect their dead. So... Right. Yeah. And... Maybe they will show. Maybe they're on their way. Yeah, I'm just curious. Yeah. Um, yeah. But and they're out there somewhere. Yes. And the other question I have, which obviously will be answered, is what is Free Cloud? Some kind of destination. Oh, yes. But there was an interesting point when Rafi said that. They go, what do you want to go with Free Cloud? It's my own personal business, thank you. Well, we'll hopefully find out next week. And my other question is... I thought you had two. How certain is it that when we get to Maddox, he's going to be with Lore? Is it absolutely certain or pretty much certain? How do we know he's going to be with Lore at all? Like, why is that even a... Because I have a hunch. You have a hunch. (laughs) Well, no, you stated it like like (laughs) it was very matter-of-fact, like, oh... I know. I don't, I'm like, I don't remember Lore's name being mentioned. That was for humor. But yeah. wouldn't it make sense that that's how we would find out where Lore is? Maybe. I mean, yeah. Maddox couldn't get data, so we got Lore. Later. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. He better be, because otherwise, like you said, they're just ignoring the Lore factor and pretending like Lore didn't exist. Yeah, Lore has some Lore to him. Well, he better be with Maddox. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm beginning to wonder what's going. I'm more beginning to wonder what's going on with Maddox. Like I think 
last week, I think last week or the week before last, I had said when Maddox was missing, you know, where did he go? Why is he missing? And I thought to myself, is he, did he just leave on his own accord because of everything that has happened? Was he sort of wrought by guilt? Did the synths, any of this, are there any surviving synths? Did they take him? Mm-hmm. You know, because even though they establish in the very beginning of this episode through that, via that flashback, or they sort of reestablish that all synth life has been banned, it doesn't necessarily mean that all synth life has been eliminated. So, like, are there still synths out there, I guess, is my question. Mm. Well, Starfleet certainly seems to have mothballed or drawered, as we saw before there, um, yeah. synths. Yeah. Well, since we're going right there, let's we should get into it, so. Did you say synth? Since since we're going right there. I think you made a pun. No, not yet. <laughs> since we're going right there. Flashback. We start yeah. off with the flashback to the day. Um, it's like the day. First contact day and the... Bars, but that doesn't matter because it was yep. just a re- recap, revisit. Yep. So we get a flashback of Picard in his comic um, yep. uh, countdown yep. uniform, which is pretty sharp. This is basically sort of right after the comic, I believe. Right? Yes. Yeah, because we don't see the we don't see the Nova in the comic. And I do think that what we saw in the comic f- plays in because we know right away, or we know at some point that at that time Rafi was already suspicious of the Romulans. Yeah. And what, so a couple of things that fit together. One, Picard says a fatal code error in the operating system of the synths is what mm-hmm. caused it. Yep. And he says, why would the Tal Shiar attack ships that were being made for a Romulan rescue? Yeah. Later on, we have Rafi telling him when she's at her trailer home in the desert. Um, Vasquez Rocks. Vasquez that, Rocks. Which has a connection, I know, which we'll yep. get to. With that essentially it was a false flag attack where Starfleet and the Romulans were working together to mm-hmm. undermine the rescue effort. Yeah. Now, why would that be? Well, we saw how some of the Romulans thought about the rescue in the comic. Yep. But some were openly hostile toward it. Yep. And we heard last week that when Picard was um, trying to get a ship from Starfleet that there were 40 planets looking to leave Starfleet if they continued with the refugee situation with Romulus. So Starfleet has a motive to stop it, yep. being not losing those planets. Uh, the da, da, the Tal Shiar or the... The Dodge Shiar. Shiar. Yeah, what are they called? Well, what's the other one called? The more secretive one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Dashvaj. Yeah. The yeah. Um, Zatvaj. The Zatvaj certainly have a reason, which is they hate synthetic life. Right. So We that, still don't know why. Right. Yep. So that all shows that there is a vast conspiracy. Now, what this... Why this leads me to Maddox is because where does Maddox play into that? He disappeared right after. Right. Here's my theory. Maddox was in on it because mm-hmm. who could program a fatal error into their operating system maybe but Maddox? So him, crazy theory. He's in on it, right? And he's afraid for his life because mm-hmm. they have to kill him to hide the evidence. That's why he took off in the first place. Well, if, if, if history has shown me anything... Um... 
if you recall in Measure of a Man, Maddox did build a positronic brain, but not perfectly. There was still some imperfections in it as they established. So, And what we saw on Mars could have been his brain in action. Yeah. His positronic brain. Well, it could just be... They were be, not perfect. Like, in other words, I don't know if Maddox would have done it intentionally. It could just be that he still kind of is not... Has not successfully duplicated data yet. Like there's still some faults in his pro- in the programming that he devised for these. Well, I don't think it was a fault. I think it was a coordinated setup. Yeah. By Starfleet and the Dot Zadvaj together. I mean, Dash Vaj. Zadvaj. Thank Zadvaj. you. <laughs> they could have been hacked. Arium could have done it. <laughs> control could have done no um, control who was on data yeah right um, yeah they could potentially have been hacked so right yeah by whom well, well you know that the the Zat Vash no I can see because you want to say Dodge I do want to say Dodge <laughs> you're saying Zat Vash <laughs> okay the Zat Vash yes we can one can assume would not know how to hack into artificial life since they're so anti-artificial life. No, I wouldn't assume that at all. I assume it. No. They say that they hate them with this passion and they fear them. Even. Right. So I don't think they would know how to do it. Starfleet probably would because they're theirs. But who would do it for Starfleet? Well, Maddox was Starfleet's artificial life guy, right? No, yeah. he was at the Daystrom Institute. Yeah. yeah. Could be the Romulans doing it. Maybe not. Maybe As a not. whole. Um, I still like my, my idea though. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't totally buy that the Zadvash don't know how to do it just because they don't like them. Oh wait, it could just. I mean, I think all the more reason why they do it. They're knowledgeable enough, so they don't like them. So they, they're knowledgeable enough to actually hack something and make it look like an accident. Mm. There is still the motivation for the mm. Zadvash as to why they would want to stop the rescue, though. Okay. Because maybe to get rid of the synthetic life, that would be a win. But stopping the evacuation of their planet would not be a win for them. Unless there's some other motivation we don't know about. Well, in that scene, that's when Picard does say that... um, Because she says to him, we'll get a bunch of synths. And he says, synths have been banned all throughout the Federation. Yes. Could there no? So you think the Zat Vaj thought it was a small price to pay to lose ninety percent of their race to get rid of sense? Maybe. I I don't know. I mean, because the two go together. If I recall in the comics, the I forget her name. That she was she wasn't an empress, but she was that lead Romulan on that moon yes. who took over the Verity. Which was an out like an outskirt planet yeah. on yeah, the yeah, Empire. Yeah. But but she didn't really have a reason for it. She just did it, as I recall. Like there was no actual motivation behind it that That's way. true, because they said they were gonna do it anyway, even if he didn't right. try to evacuate the low lesson. To remind people that didn't read it. Right. They're going to this planet on the edge of Romulan Empire where there are Romulans in charge of the planet and uh, uh, Picard and Rafi are going to evacuate the Romulans and they find out that there's this population of 5 million native peoples 
mm-hmm. uh, alien types, and they say, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna evacuate them." And the Romulans are very racist, and they say, "Oh, why bother? You're gonna evacuate the trees too?" Ha ha ha! And then he says, "Well, of course I am." And then they fight him because of that. They say, but but then in the end, they take the ship and say, "We were gonna take your ship anyway because we don't trust you." It is interesting though that the Romulans were treating that sort of subspecies of theirs the same way. Guinan refers to the idea of Maddox making a bunch of androids. They were doing the work that humans mm. don't want. They were doing the dirty work. A yes. race of slaves. and that's, They were literally, yes, under... In a way, that's kind of... Yeah. Um, no, because where I was trying to go with it was... I was trying to think about... Could the, Z- the Zadvash wanting to do this to Starfleet be some kind of act of revenge? But it doesn't really line up just yet. No. Somehow they would want both things to be true. Yeah. Allowing the Romulans to die and getting rid of the synths. Yeah. But I have a new theory on Maddox. Maddox probably was at Daystrom. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say he knew too much. He figured out what happened. And right. we've seen already what happens when you figure out what happened. Yeah. You get the Zatvaj sicked on you. And you get a... a, 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 a a visit from Commander... What is her name? Commander o, Commodore o. o. Commodore O. Commodore O. Um, yeah, and you get assassins sent to you. So let's say Maddox, right? Obviously, it would make sense Maddox would want to figure out what went wrong. Yep. So he starts looking into it. He finds evidence that they were tampered with. Hmm. Maybe he even at this point still trusts Starfleet. Goes to Starfleet with it. Same thing happens that happened with Picard. Oh, he knows too much. Let's get Commodore O in here. And then suddenly he gets a visit from the... Zatvaj, well, see, and then boom, he's out. I think Commodore O is also going to be looking for Maddox because I went back and watched last week. I was watching some key scenes that I thought were linked to this. I was basically watching all the scenes with Commodore O. Mm-hmm. And when Commodore O was having that communique with the Admiral who uh, had just yelled at Picard, it's after Picard leaves that meeting, he's going to look for Maddox and... Commodore O actually responds by saying, is Maddox still alive? And the Admiral says, does it matter? And it's almost as if, and the the way I read that was, did the Commodore try to take steps to eliminate Maddox as well? And then, so now it's almost like Picard's going to be looking for Maddox, Mm -hmm. but now she's going to be sending her goons to look for him also. Right. And what was the next thing that happened to Picard after they found out was Picard got a visit and they tried to take Picard out. Yes. So they're exactly. looking, they're looking clearly they're obviously they're hiding something and yeah. they're killing to make sure that whatever it is doesn't get out. Commodore O Maddox is clearly the one that I think is the threat at the moment. I think he's and got evidence. He's got something. And I think yeah. Free Cloud is some kind of place uh, I think of it like um, in like the vacuum salesman, yeah, in Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. where there was this guy who he was a he had a brand vacuum store, but if you had enough money, a hundred thousand dollars, I think, and you called this number and said this you needed a part for this certain vacuum, like he showed up with a van ride to an airport, fake passports and yeah. everything, and you just like disappeared. And you're able to like start all over. So it seems like Free Cloud might be that kind of place. So here's what I think we know. And you know, some of it's factual, some of it is just conjecture. But Maddox built. Maddox may have built Dodge and her sister. 
Commodore O and the Zadvash wanted Dodge, Commodore O's sidekick there, the uh, commander who is the undercover Romulan. The brother of... Whose brother is on the Borg, hot Romulan. the Borg Cube. They tried to take out Dodge, weren't successful. Mm-hmm. They tried again, and Dodge was killed as a result. So they were trying to get her alive, not kill her. And then when that happened, the Commodore said to right. Sister there, you blew, not in these words, but you basically, you blew the first shot. We only have one shot left. And that one shot is clearly her yes. sister, who her brother is trying to uh, deal with. And maybe. While simultaneously, potentially wanting to find Maddox, but also, not, well, now that they have this information that Maddox may still be alive, right. now their mission is to not only go after Dodge's sister, but yeah. to also take out potentially Maddox yeah. and Picard as well. But it seems like both missions are running concurrently. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, deal with her. But I do think Hot Romulan... Narek. Thank you. Actually... Spock wannabe. <laughs> Ethan Peck Spock wannabe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that he is... I think... I think he's going to wind up being a quote-unquote good guy. Yeah, he was... When we first saw him at the end of the first episode, it seemed like he was going to be the villain. Super villain. And then... Not really the case, because yeah, but his sister is sort of pressuring him, and he's sort of pushing her off. And I think he's developing a little bit of a... Um, you know, he may be telling his sister that, yeah, I've got it under control. It being the relationship, getting close to... Yes. I keep saying Dodge just took some blanking on her name. Soji. Soji. Um, but I think he's going to forget all that and just want to stay focused on getting involved with her. And then he, I think, to your point, he may develop some, if he hasn't already, develop some feelings, feelings for her. Mm-hmm. Well, he said, I think I'm falling in love with you. But um, now, now, granted, if he's a good spy, that could he's be going part of to, his spycraft. Potentially. But I think that, to your point, he may decide to say, fuck this mission. Yes, because and end up helping, because you have to assume that there's going to be a collision course of sorts, sorts. I think with Picard and his team with them, I think it's yes, you know, and I can see the scene where <clears throat> the ship approaches and yeah. Picard sees the reclamation site, which is a Borg cube, yeah. and has a <gasps> stunned, you know, right? It's gonna be good. Right. It's gonna be really good. The thing that. that's not clear to me just yet, um, and I don't know if this is actually the case or maybe it's just. You know, hopefully it wasn't something I missed. Just the Borg artifact itself. Like, I have no idea what's going on here. Like, in terms of how this whole thing works. It's, seems like it's being treated like, sort of like a, uh, you know, like a, uh, it's like a dig site. Right? I think it's, I think it like an archaeological dig site. I think it was a rehabilitation site but or rehab place where i'm a little unclear on is sort of like how this whole thing is set up because the romulans are running it but they're bringing in people from the federation well okay. as well Romulan... not just people from the federation wait we've but... seen people from the federation well humans i should say okay humans right yeah because that's what i wanted to know last week it was one of my big questions and a few things that we did learn is hugh <clears throat> is the executive director of the reclamation project yeah she was not a Romulan, as we know. Secondly, there's some bit of a power struggle because when Hugh goes to bring Soji in, 
to meet Ramda, the um, the one of the crazy exborg XBs yep. as they're called. <clears throat> yep. Um, <clears throat> the guard says you're, you're not authorized, or how how are you bringing? Her? She's not authorized to be in here. And he says, yeah. "You, I run this place. You answer to me." So there's a little bit of a power struggle. Yep. So it seems like it's a it's a partnership, but it's an uneasy partnership. Right. And I would imagine Hugh needed like the resources of the Romulans. And he says yeah. it straight up. The Romulans, um, when he's talking about XBs, mm-hmm. um, he says that they are hated. Um, yeah, so they're like the most hated in the universe, the galaxy. Yeah. Um, he says that some, people either see XBs as property or as something dangerous to be avoided. Yes. And the Romulans see them as both. Yeah. So it seems like the Romulans are trying to weaponize XBs, maybe. In some right. Way. And the Borg are not. I don't know. I don't know if I would consider them synthetic life. No, they are a hybrid. They're a hybrid of it all. Yes. Yeah. Um, but so that's interesting that Hugh is the director of this. So here's what I imagine that Hugh, being a reformed, yep, an XB, an ex Borg, yep, probably started something to try to get more people to bring them back. Mm. And at some point needed the Romulans. I don't know why. Maybe Starfleet wasn't into helping them or something. Hopefully when we see Seven of Nine, we'll get more answers on that. Yeah, this is... See, when you mentioned this, it's now making me think about a scene from Next Gen that I may have overlooked. Um, So in the... Episode Descent, the last episode of Next Gen to feature the Borg. This is the one with with uh, Data and Lore, where Lore is running a Lore is the leader of a small contingent of Borg who have lost. So basically, what ends up happening was after that episode of where we first meet Hugh initially, when he regains his sense of individuality, mm-hmm. it turns out that had a toxic effect on a small number of borg and that spread to them as well right and they were lo- they were they were disconnected from the hive they were lost they were confused and lore found them and took them under his wing and became their leader right so maybe that contingent that is involved here yeah so i didn't even think of that so, you blame us for what has happened to the Borg. You gave me a sense of individuality, changed me, then sent me back to the Collective. You must have known that change would be passed on to others. We considered it. We knew it was a possibility. Then you made it possible for Lore to dominate us. I cannot accept that. Lore is only one. The Borg could have stopped him. You don't know the condition we were in when he found us. Before my experience on the Enterprise, the Borg were a single-minded Collective. The voices in our heads were smooth and flowing, but after I returned, those voices began to change. They became uneven, discordant. For the first time, individual Borg had differing ideas about how to proceed. Couldn't function. Some Borg fought each other, others simply shut themselves down, many starved to death. And then Lore came along. You probably can't imagine what it is like to be so lost and frightened that you will listen to any voice which promises change. Even if that voice insists on controlling you. That's what we wanted. 
Someone to show us a way out of confusion. Lore promised clarity and purpose. In the beginning, he seemed like a savior. The promise of becoming a superior race, of becoming fully artificial, was compelling. We gladly did everything he asked of us. That's also the last time we see Hugh, so we don't know That's what right. came of him. So is that sort of was that moment kind of the springboard that started this whole thing? And plus we and plus we're talking about lore potentially showing up anyway. And it kind of almost fits. Oh right, because right? lore was with them, correct? Correct. He yeah. was their leader. He he found them. Without me, they would have perished. When I stumbled on their ship, they were lost, disoriented. <laughs> they had no idea how to function as individuals. They couldn't even navigate their own vessel. They had lost their sense of purpose. Well, I gave them their purpose. And they gave me mine. The Borg aspire to the perfection my brother and I represent. Fully artificial life forms. We are their future. The reign of biological life forms is coming to an end. You, Picard, and those like you are obsolete. That's true. Yeah. Where is Lore? Maybe he's in the Borg site. We may have to watch that episode. Yeah, I think so. At some point, yeah. Um, but I think that that's a interesting... That's interesting, too, because remember, mm. when Soji talks to Ramda, the crazy ex-Borg, yep. she starts with, interestingly, some information that she didn't know she had about this ship called the Shaynor, the last yep. ship to be assimilated, Yep. and when it happened, something went wrong, and the Matrix collapsed. Yep. Why? So there's another collapse. That, right. Um, so, well, yeah, I mean, the, the Narek mentioned that last week, too, that the cubes submatrix collapsed and i that was yes. even my question from last week what was actually what was the cause of that yeah well something to do with the shanor yeah and potentially also something to do with the destroyer yeah who is soji or dodge and or both yeah and and really quick to kind of wrap what i was saying about descent mm -hmm. very much i think like measure of a man it doesn't. There doesn't seem to be a one hundred percent sort of one to one connection, but it's just something that kind of plants the thought as to hmm, maybe this could be related somehow. Mm -hmm. You know, either it could or it couldn't. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I don't know. I'm hoping that we find out what was the cause of the ship's submatrix to collapse. I mean, it may. I think that's what we're headed towards. Yeah. In some way, and clearly, Soji knows more than she knows. She knows. Yeah. But in a way, it's sort of like Soji said, she said, I don't know how I know that. Right. Which is sort of like, it's almost like those memories were turned on in the same way that Dodge was activated. Yes. Right? So when she needed those memories, boom, there they were. Just like when Dodge needed her combat skills, boom, there it was. Because think about it. We don't really know, even going back to the first episode from three weeks ago, we don't know what it was that sort of triggered triggered Dodge to kind of turn on, right? It seemed like it was that. The, right, it seemed like relax. it was a self defense thing, but mm -hmm. but was it? <laughs> because that's true. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, here's another question that goes to this very point. Mm. Who is supplying the mom hologram? Yeah, I don't know about that. Because someone is supplying a mom hologram that is up to date on like what's going on and is able to keep them like placated. But this she asked what's happened with Dodge. Oh Dodge is fine, don't worry. She's she's thinking about adopting a dog. Can you believe it? So it's like giving you this little chit chat that's supposed to put her mind at ease. There's something about that mom hologram that I just don't like is the person just a bad actor or is it like being intentionally played that way to seem like it's fake i think it's giving us I you think know they want i just i don't know. <laughs> like because something about it seems off and that may just be the intention right something about it just seems really off I especially think, this week yeah probably they want to give us a little she was like in realizing it's fake because she was like because she started rambling oh she's good and then soji just passes out i'm like what the hell is that right so that also tells me like was there some code in the communication to make right. her pass out yeah. So then who is controlling that? That's what I want to know. Because that means... It, like, Okay, so it can't be the Zat Vaj because they are trying to figure her out. So if they already had a way to control her through a mom hologram, they wouldn't mm. need to do all this. So it's not them. I think it's Maddox. I like that. I think it's Maddox. I think Maddox is doing something to her remotely. And this is all this is all in the theory if... Maddox made her. If Ma- Maddox made her. Or maybe... She might not have. Yeah. I think he did something yeah it seems odd though yeah. if, he, if he made her them why would he not have them come to free cloud but don't forget unless they have a mission don't forget in the first episode the doctor sees the necklace and he says they're built in pairs right they are built in pairs so what that tells me that is that Dodge and Soji are not the first ones to be built. Are there other? Who are the other ones? Well, what is she mentioning? Data. No, she. I'm. She didn't mention data. She well, didn't no, mention data. I mentioned data. But she was talking about positronic brain beings. Right. Which but, is weird because she mentions they're made in pairs, right? While we have B four in the drawer, and we're talking, we, he mentioned data. So in our mind, we're led to. I know we know, but. But it, there's lore. It seemed to all right. It seemed to imply though, because just because we were in the same room with before and data right. was mentioned, that boom, those are the pairs. We know that's not the pairs. We know the pairs lore, right? But they didn't have a necklace. No, they did not have a necklace. But she didn't say that she knew anything about that specific necklace. She just said, "Oh, look it, at that. It's it, pairs. Neat. That's reminds what it of, signifies. Yeah, it reminds me. Just of, what it. Yeah, just what it tells me is that. Yeah." There was more to it than just those two, right? And yes. then, yeah. But I did assume that she knew that because of data and lore. I think the only potential monk. I think the only potential monk, and I said this after the first when we recorded the podcast in the first episode. As far as newcomers are concerned, you have data and before because we just they just saw before in the drawer. They don't know about lore, but right. we do. So there's three of them, as far as we're concerned. Yeah. B4 did not have a positronic brain, as established in Nemesis. Right. Lore had a positronic brain. Yes. Data has a positronic brain. Yes. So there is your pair. Right. But Lore has not even been mentioned in dialogue in the show yet. I know, which is very surprising, because wouldn't they want to make sure that everyone watching is uh, up on, like... And that's the thing, like, the... We don't know yet if B4 is going to factor into this anymore like because and the reason i'm saying that is 
would it have changed anything if they decided if they modified the dialogue and said that that was actually lore in that? In well, then that. we wouldn't be wondering where lore was. Well, we are, but they're not wondering on the show. Well, right, but we wouldn't be wondering either, and we we know right now lore could be a potential factor. If right. he's in the drawer, we we know would know he wouldn't be. <laughs> well, because <clears throat> excuse me, Picard says you know did some part of data survive? Because knowing that lore is out there somewhere, that could be the answer to that. Like right, you know, yes. um, Maddox. I still find it weird that two things that the show didn't clue in everyone and that Picard himself yeah. knowing all three didn't at least say like what about lore right it does seem weird but uh, I'll get uh, you know we'll but see. in all fairness the Picard also did not say that in Nemesis either because when they found the signal of B4 before they even found, saw that it was B4 at no point Picard said could this be lore yeah, yeah. yeah. could be that asshole lore yeah <laughs> I hate that guy keep flying right so um that's true. Yeah. Um, it's just, I, and it even feeds into the whole thing, like, Data always wanted a daughter. And we're like, well, he had a daughter. <laughs> he made a daughter. Hey, and hey Counselor, hey, come here. And as we saw in Red Letter Media, <laughs> Picard wanted him to kill his daughter. <laughs> right. Um, so The first time, but now he wants to save her. It seems like within the Star Trek, excuse me, within the Star Trek lore, there are potential answers there, but the show is not bringing them up. But... I don't think that they're going to ignore them. I don't think they're going I to ignore them. I believe Lore is somewhere. Either with Hugh or with Maddox. Right. And that could that can also be what brings Spiner onto the show. Because like he's like, oh, I'm too oh, old yeah. to play Data. I'm like, yeah, but you can play Lore, right? But, I mean, the I same I, things I would apply to. Right. He's like, well, Data's... But he would always say at conventions and stuff. He's like, he's like I can't come back. Data's dead. Like, yeah, but Lore's still out there, dude. Yeah, yeah. So. But he already got a good roll of uh, when they cut the, the bottom of that drawer and he stuck his face in it. Look, I, I, think, I think that even if they don't connect it, so long as it makes sense, it's still fine. As long as they answer the... They don't just pretend Lore didn't exist. That's all I don't want. Right. But I don't think they're going Because, at, again, at this point, Lore's fate is unknown. Because, like Hugh, the last time we saw him was in Descent. Right. So. Right. Um, I think we're going to have to watch that episode and do a possible yeah. commentary, maybe. Definitely. I don't know. Definitely. All right. So I think that covers all the deep lore part <laughs> and the mystery and all right. that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that covers that. Okay. So the other big deal that we get is the new crew coming together. Yeah. Nice to see that he has an EMH. Oh, yeah, but it's yeah. himself. That was... He has two holograms of himself. That was just odd to me. But well, he seems a little full yeah. of himself. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Both with Irish accents. What is it with the Bromulan has an Irish accent? <laughs> they have Irish accents. Very strange. I, you know. Hey, um, no, nothing against Irish well, accents, but it's like it's just yeah. You know. Well, there is one thing that um, we've had three in three episodes. We do know that Picard, Picard, John. No, oh man, I can't say Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Yeah. In interviews before the show aired, said that the show was very much like had Brexit on the mind. Yeah, and the fact that we have the f- uh, Federation potentially going to lose forty planets because of bringing in refugees—that's very much one of the big reasons for Brexit. Was people upset about refugees from uh, 
Africa into the EU. Um, another thing um, is oh, there's a, there's a big Ireland issue with Brexit. Yeah, because you have to have certain border provisions and yep. Ireland and England or the United Kingdom rather have a like a land border that they have to deal with. So maybe it has something to do with that. Data did mention in the episode The High Ground that there was Irish reunification in the year 2024. Oh yeah. That has nothing to do with anything. I'm just No, saying. that is interesting. <laughs> we you know. hey, I mean, who knows? Brexit may cause that. Yeah. It probably will cause Scotland to leave the United Kingdom. So. Anyway, the crew. So let's start with uh, the Ford we already know most well as Rafi. I like her. She's a. I'm. 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 I think she's a good character. She's I do, a I, snake leaf addict, though. Yeah. What is snake leaf? Could look like a crack. I don't know. Her glass pipe looked very much it's, like it's crack. So, to me. It's so interesting to me that Star Trek technology from the future, like, because like, she's smoking an e-cigarette. Hardly though. She pulled a plant off and stuck it into a pipe, right. a glass pipe. But we just use like electric. She's using like a type of e-cig, which it looks like a type of crack pipe to me. But well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's like we only got we only those only became the norm recently e-cigs anyway. Right? right. And now, when you think realistically, oh well, they could have had them on next gen or vo- you know whatever. I'm getting hung up on. But them, so. none of them were. They're probably a Starfleet regulation. When you're in Starfleet, you can't partake in e-cigs. Yeah, probably. Or Romulan Ale. Yeah, but even though they did Romulan Ale. There's been no Romulan Ale yet. In they show. did Romulan Ale. A lot of Romulans. They, no, they, no drank, Romulan they drank Romulan Ale constantly on Trek, and they would always say, it's illegal. I know, yes. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> Every like fucking time. Cuban cigars in the U.S. People always have them and say they're illegal. Exactly. Um, All right, so she's smoking her crack pipe. And it says and that it's paranoia and rage. Yeah. Both from her slow slide into, like, whatever it was. She's drinking her crack pipe, and she's really going to town on that wine. Yeah, she doesn't want Picard. She doesn't want Picard anywhere near her, but she'll gladly take his wine. Yeah, but yeah. here's the thing. I got to assume that Picard did not neglect Jordy and Beverly mm. and Riker. Well, they mentioned them last week. Yeah, but she was. <clears throat> she said, "You never came. You come to me now when you need something. You never talked to me once in all the time since we parted." Yeah, and she's pissed about it. So that's interesting. Because I wonder if it's one of those, um, like... But it's like, did she reach out to him? All right, this sounds a little personal from you. <laughs> I've had real-life conversations like this many times. Yeah. You know, it's like... But she, she was the one who was Your hand's broken, Rafi? She was the one who was in a bad place. Right. He was the one who was in his chateau with his heirloom furniture, as she said. But I wonder if it's I'm like... Sure she, I'm sure that was her decision to set up a trailer in the middle of the desert. I don't think she was put there by Starfleet. That's her own fault. Still, I think it's un-Picard-like. She could have gone anywhere. I think she it's un-Picard-like. She could have so. gone to a nice exotic location and said she chose to be mad out in the desert. It's funny, though. When we when I look at this trailer, I think it's pretty awesome. Or Vulcan. I was sort of jealous. Yeah. I would live in one of those in the desert. That was really cool. Her trailer, you know? Oh, it was cool, but all I'm saying she is... She had that nice porch with like all the plants. It was cool. Yeah. But here's the thing. It is very un-Picard-like to not stay in touch with someone that you served with and were that close with. It seems very unpicard like to me. And I wonder if it's a situation really? of Is it? Well, do you think he's not talked to Jordy in all the time? Do you think he's not talked to Riker? I do. Then how come when he said 
have you thought about Jordy and Riker? And he says, they would do it for me in a heartbeat. This doesn't mean that he talked to them. I don't know. I think if, if I were them, if I were him and I hadn't talked to those people in 20 years. In all fairness. Yes. In all fairness. He served with them way longer than he served with her. How do we know? Well, like, he served with them for like 30 years. Okay. Did he? Yeah, about... No, well, about 20 years. Okay. So how long from when... Well, we don't know exactly when he got... But between Nemesis and this, it's less time than he served with his main crew. Okay. And... The comic doesn't say, but it's at least seems to me that... Serving with her was a little bit more recent than... I mean, it was... I mean, we're talking about... 14, 15 years at this point. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. All right. So well, maybe, all right. So maybe five extra years, yeah, but still. So but. anyway, I think that Picard would have done it. And I, what yeah. crossed my mind maybe is like a kid from your second marriage, you yeah. know, like you have a family and you start a family and like, that's the family that's your family. Right. And then you have a kid with the second marriage and it's kind of like, yeah, they're my kid, but are they? No offense to anyone who has kids from second marriages and loves them just as much as anyone else. I'm sure they're out there. But that was the vibe I got, like, where he thought, like, no, his first crew, that was his family. And then she was like, something His else. first crew is the crew that I think made him who he was. Yeah. Because she clearly looked up to him and, like, right. saw him the same way that probably well, because... all the characters we know and love saw him. But he did not. But also... I think there's another way to look at this too. Look at it from the real work, just real world perspective as well. Okay. The TNG, as a cast, they're like a family, mm-hmm. and now sh- and now this new crew are the new ones. And so, do you? Th- I'm wondering if over time, uh, like is Patrick Stewart going to have as close of a relationship with this new cast as he will his old cast? Because with his old cast, this is all of them going into the Star Trek world, into this new Star Trek world together. At this point, Patrick Stewart is a veteran of the Star Trek world, yeah. and now he's bringing in this new family, and he's sort of like he's sort of like the father figure to the new family. He's not launching into this new world. Yeah, with them. I think that he won't have the same relationship. Here's why: because they don't do as many episodes or work as much as they used to. Right. So I think that changes. Things. And that's not a negative. No. It's just yeah. It just they don't so do what answer? So what question are we trying to answer? Exactly? Um, why Picard left her hanging? Yeah. Um, and I said it was not very Picard-like, in my opinion. Right. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I'm I don't surprised. know if I, I don't know if I agree with that. Okay. I don't know. We can agree to. I think, there, I think there are too many unknowns to make a theory. All right. Is he part, part? Okay. Well, she's pissed, and I think she has every right to be. <laughs> um. So she suggests a pilot named. Do you like her though? Uh, she seems fine. I mean, here's the thing, though. They better make that mean something, the fact that she is a snake leaf addict. Yeah. Because if she suddenly, now that she's there, it's just, oh, has her shit together, that would be stupid. So, have her be a real character with real problems. Yeah. And I'll be happy. Oh, one thing I really did like, and you started to see their dynamic come back when Picard called her and said, you're researching, right? Yeah. I I sent along everything. I don't want it. Like, carry on. (laughs) Because he knew she was. That was really funny. I I, enjoyed that. But the thing is, I do like their relationship, at least... In that sense, in the flashback, and it's even in the comics, like there's something about there's something I find really charming about her calling him JL. 
Okay. It's I have something like, in Hater's Corner for that. It's sort of like, but the thing is, that's sort of her stamp. That's her individual relationship with him. The other crew would not have done that. No. Right. So it's, that's sort of like her individual stamp on what her relationship is. Yes. And you can imagine on the theirs. first time she called him that, he probably was like, oh, was it most improper? But, you know, she broke him down because that's just right. who she is. Well, they they sort of go into that in the comics. Like, that's that's their first scene together in the comics. And he says something like, I'm still not used to me to have it. I'm still not used to you calling me that. Yeah. Yeah. But he comes around. Exactly. Um. So... But did you, Rossi said like she lost her security clearance? Yeah. I wonder if that was because of and that Picard. sort of triggered her for some reason. Well, no, but I wonder if it was because of Picard that she lost it. Well, they go into that in the flashback, sort of, because he said that Starfleet accepted his res- resignation. Then the CNC wanted to see her, and she's like, "Oh, I mean." She, yeah, but, goes, she goes, oh, and they're probably going to fire me thanks to you. And even though like there's no scene why? fully establishing that, it's like, yeah, yeah that like, was a little unclear to me. It didn't make any sense. Yeah, why would they yeah. take away her security clearance if she's, if it's like, it wasn't yeah, her idea. your captain wanted to do this crazy thing. And if she went in and just said, yeah, that guy's not a crazy old kook. What do you want me to do? We have next <laughs> order. So, yeah, she must have done something to bring it on herself. Right. Probably. But, okay. Yeah. So, she suggests a... She got uh, upset for no reason. A, what do you call it? A, 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 a ship flyer. Yeah. I guess she calls him a captain, right? Yes. Pilot. Pilot yeah. or captain? I don't remember. He's, he's, well, he's, if it's your ship, it's your captain. But <laughs> even though Picard you're not, gets even though say, you're not officially a Starfleet officer. Card gets to say engage. But yeah. he, so any, anyway, oh, pilot. I wrote pilot. She must have said pilot. So Rios, his name is Rios. R-I-O-S, yeah. I guess. He to me, so, okay. Remember way, way back when, when we were, uh, like back in the spring. When it was a week before Comic-Con, we were recording something, I think. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I said to you was, I don't want this show to be like Picard with a bunch of ragtag, you know, remember that? Yeah. I don't want, so smugglers. Smugglers and, and stuff like that. So far, I'm not getting that impression. villainy. But, but that guy, at least what we've seen, yeah. fits that, for me, fits that bill. Yeah. So He's, I, you know, I could, I, I would totally see him in like the cantina. Yeah, I have a note that says "badass." Yeah, that was just the whole vibe. Was like he's, oh, he's sitting badass. there with the shrapnel yeah, and he's smoking right. the cigar, and I'm just he like, gets out of whiskey when it's time to take it. You yeah, know? Oh, like he's the stereotypical yeah. like bad boy, like Western Jones, Western. Thing. Like no you good. see them in the bar. Like he probably gets into fights when he goes into the bar. Right. He would. He like would. That. No, he'd do good with the JJ Young Kirk. They'd be buddies. Yeah, and so and this is this is the character archetype I was talking about. Like, yeah. So and but. Just, this is just, I mean, it may not be that way. That's just the way it's presented to us thus far. Yes. Yeah. Um, so one thing is interesting. Picard beams on board the ship. Mm. And we hear the notes of the yeah. next-gen theme. Yep. Just a few of them, though. Light. Yeah. Light touch. Yeah. That was very nice. Very so. similar transporter effect, too. Yes. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I heard yeah. the sound and my ears perked up. Yep. My heart skipped a beat. Yep. <laughs> um... Wow. <laughs> so, all right. So he was uh, the captain or the pilot, whatever, navigator, I don't know what to yeah. of a Exo Heavy Cruiser. Tell us about Exo Heavy Cruisers, Kevin. Uh, oh, no. He was the Exo of a Heavy Cruiser. Sorry. Yeah. I know it's wrong. I think, but I think that's a new thing. I don't Called the Ibn Majid. I don't think he's establishing anything. I don't think he's mentioning anything that was uh, established before. But, oh, Heavy Cruisers um, is not a... 
category? No, this is... I mean, well, it's a category, but um, the one he's mentioning specifically mm. is not from... But as a category, what are we lore. talking about here? What ships? Well, like the here? Constitution class is a heavy cruiser. Okay. Yeah. So, it was interesting, though. He's, he said it was... Uh, Erased from Starfleet yes. records. I guess they, so, you know, they made that canon and it's still canon. <laughs> he yeah. was pissed. So, yeah, that was interesting. I so it ain't just that Discovery one. that's falling yeah. victim to this. Erased from the record. Yeah. Why that one, I wonder? What kind of bullshit did they get up to? Uh, they must have faced down. Control came back. They must have faced down Control too, yeah. yeah or they late, had a uh, sport drive. <laughs> one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Come on, no shitting on Discovery. <laughs> I am not, I'm shitting on Picard. <laughs> no, but you're using... Yeah. <laughs> you, But you are, though. <laughs> or maybe they had some other experimental drive. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> um, we'll see it soon. Star Trek Ibn Majid coming soon to CBS All Access. <laughs> that's one of the live action shows. Um, yeah, so... I don't know what the deal is with that. It seems like it's probably just going to be a throwaway line, but, yeah. And uh, yeah. his <laughs> yes. captain got killed in that. That's true. In, I assume in whatever made the get erased from the record, so that's a bummer. Well, he said he saw his brains get blown all over the bulkhead, the bulkhead yeah. which is not, you know. Yep. And that's why he doesn't want to like maybe the, Picard. Uh, maybe, the, uh, maybe the tardigrade did that. <laughs> he said that's why he doesn't want to like Picard, because he already had one captain that he liked and respected and got their brains blown out. Yeah. Now, here's where I want you to comment. One of his um, holograms runs through Picard's resume. Yes. It seems like his therapist um, hologram. Yes. Uh, what do you think of the resume they chose to use? You mean how they reference all the uh, past episodes like that? Yeah, and what they chose to put in. You think it was a good rundown? Yeah, I mean, it seems so. He mentions Q. The, the, what was it? The Starfleet, like, liaison to the Q Collective? Something like that, The Q Continuum, rather? Yeah. Um, Well, because I think everything he mentions, which I have it right here, seems as if it's relevant to the show. So, I mean, he mentions Q. Granted, we haven't seen Q yet, but we did see the five queens in the in the yes. card game with Data. That's another wild card, literally a wild card, that yeah. I, I don't know what is, could possibly happen with that. Um, he does mention the... Well, he does mention the Arbiter of Succession um, to the Klingons, which is actually something from Reunion and Redemption. Granted, we haven't seen the Klingons yet, but um, he mentions saving Earth from the Borg attack. You know, it's not clear. He could... I mean, he's probably mentioning both events, First Contact and The Best of Both Worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also working with Spock. Now, it's interesting because Spock does have a role in everything that happened with Romulus. It just wasn't mentioned right. in dialogue. But he did work with the Ambassador Spock in the episode of Next Gen. When, Unification, right? yeah. correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so there's So, that. short of the Klingon thing... I don't think he worked with them with the Red Matter situation. So, short of the Klingon stuff... Everything else, I mean, the Klingons may factor into this as well, but everything else potentially is related to the show. I mean, again, we haven't seen Q yet. I'm my theory is this: you don't do a show called Star Trek Picard and not have Q on there. I still firmly believe that those five queens were foreshadowing something. Okay, so yeah, no, I mean, I agree, I agree. So I think there was a specific choice. 
There's those also references were a specific thing choice. I just realized. Yeah. All right. No, kind of throw a crazy theory out there. You may. Okay. So, um, the book that Rios is reading, Tragic Sense of Life, yes. the philosophy book. I had to look it up, but once I did, it was a. I was familiar with the ideas in it of um, the idea that one keeps the fact that they're going to die. Yep. Is something that makes life tragic for humans. We are conscious of the fact that we're going to die and unlike other life forms. Yep. Oh, that's interesting too. Now that I think about it. I don't know what it means, but just think what are we thinking about the fact that we're dealing with other kinds of life forms. Mm. Synthetic life wouldn't have to be aware that they're going to die because they might not. Right. Interesting. But it says how then most of what human behavior is is about leaving something that will live on after you die. <clears throat> Right. Through, like, having a legacy or something. Data. But perhaps Picard will have ways to live on after. Either through his legacy, which is obviously going to happen. But Q, do not forget Q is the wild card that is out there. Yep. And we know that Q has enormous respect for Picard. We know that Q has been testing Picard for years. Yep. And Picard has been passing every test, Mm -hmm. much to Q's surprise, thinking Mm -hmm. he's just a stupid, linear-time human. Yep. So perhaps something will go on there where Picard gets the opportunity to live on beyond. Yeah, interesting. Perhaps even being pulled into the Q continuum. Yeah. That's way way out there. Oh, yeah, the book. So, The Tragic Sense of Life. The other part of that could just simply be that uh, there is this idea that if you keep in your mind the fact that you are going to die one day, it mm. helps you to live more in the moment and be more active and yeah. and, and not um, you know let opportunities pass you by and whatnot. Yeah. So, it could just be that also. Um, all right. So, uh, what else? Oh yeah, it's almost not even worth mentioning, but he goes back to the <laughs> vineyard Let's before, mention it anyway. before he leaves and the Zatvaj try to kill them and they have a fight scene and he has guns hidden all over the See, okay, so I, wa- I watched that scene, at least the beginning of it, multiple times and he takes out the fruit and then he drops it and he just misses yeah. getting shot. And, like, and I'm trying to, I was trying to figure out did he know that was going to happen and he did that on purpose? or Because it was just the way it was the shot was set up was just a little yeah. odd to me. No, like, oh, was it coincidental? I think the idea was that it was coincidental. Okay. Because it looked accidental. And I'm like, but I'm like, that had to have been, that was supposed to be incidental, I think, but it looked like it was accidental. Yeah, because it was kind of like everything happened too fast. Yeah. Like he dropped it before it even <laughs> hit the ground. He started to bend over to pick it up. Right, exactly. But um, then again, he's trained in, you know. These no, you're right, you're right, right. So he might have been. Uh, very good fight scene. I mean, Picard even tried to get in on the action. Yeah, it made sense that all yeah. he could really do was shoot people. Right. But I'm a little... So, I was a little concerned because they hide a weapon under the table. They have weapons everywhere. And I'm like, but... Which I wasn't really clear why. Like, did they did they think that they were ever going to come under siege at some point? Well, I mean, despite the, the fact that they form a... That's Tell what I up. think. I think the weapons were around for them. They were more concerned that they would be found. That's my Okay, thing. yeah, all right. Because they yeah. were a runaway of, you know, an elite force. Right. They deserted. Yeah. I'm but, just surprised that number one hasn't gone under the table and tried to pull out that disruptor and play with it. I'm sure in the future, you know, they have like... They spray it so dogs don't... No, just guns are better. 
dogs can't shoot them. Yeah. Um, Disruptors but, set off an odor that that you know uh, animals don't go near. Definitely. Yeah. We we heard mention of number one, but we didn't see number one this episode. Yeah. You figure number one would have got in on the um, Romulan fighting. Been attacking them. Yeah. Actually, yeah. you know. That's a bummer. That's a missed opportunity. All right. Here's one I thing, though, that I like. Q. I still think he's Q. Oh, then? He's taking a nap. He's oh, I see what you mean. Mm. That would be interesting. I didn't fully process what you said before. I'm surprised he's not taking number one with him. Yeah, me too. Yeah. A little uh, nice. Captain Archer style. Well, okay. Actually, hold on. Before you go into your thing, it's interesting to me because I... Don't I have a thing. I do, well, okay. Well, before you continue talking. Okay. Um... I mean, in the trailers, we see Seven of Nine, but she's talking. In the, it's been in the chateau. In right? the chateau, so One I'm like, okay, think. so is he? He's going. He's clearly going back at some point. Maybe it's on he's, the holodeck. Well, no, because he has to go back to also find to talk to Riker and Troy. Why? Where are they? I mean, they're on some planet. It. I would think it's Earth. I, don't, I mean, I don't know, but isn't he still a captain? I don't know. Didn't they mention that? No. The point is, he's talking to Picard and Troy in some kind of a log cabin in a forest. I mean, it could be another planet. Oh, yeah. But um, the way it's set up in the trailers, in the trailers anyway, made it seem to me like he went to talk to them before he went off into space. But we knew that he didn't even consider it. Like, he needs some sort of, like, emotional check. But we we learned that he didn't even go to them because he didn't want to trouble them. Actually, because during that fight scene... When the when the doctor shoots the Romulan off screen, I actually thought, "Oh, is this Seven? And then oh, ends up, okay. yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought Seven's appearance was going to be. But uh, and it was not Seven. But even then, it wouldn't have made any sense. Right. No. No, but that was not Seven. That was Agnes P. Girardi. Ag- yeah, Doctor Girardi. Yes. Um, Who's fine? I think she's all right. Yeah. Whatever. She's got a little bit of Tilly in her. In terms of the way she oh, like behaves. Science, like awkward science person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. One thing I did find interesting. Maybe she's her descendant. When he has a little talk with the Irish Romulan lady. Yep. And she says, you always had one eye on the stars. And then they use the new theme from the opening. But they yep. do it with the horns and more of like a classic Trek treatment. Yep. And it works really, really well. Okay. So it was the first time that I recognized the new theme like working in the music, and I really liked it. You know, and I love the fact that they played the music when he went on the ship, but the only problem I had with it was, okay, I get it. He's on a ship in space, but he's not... I don't know. Yeah. He's not on the Enterprise or something like that. Right. He's, not, he's, he's not in a familiar... Yeah, maybe that was just know. to let us know, especially since the first time on it, we only got a few notes of it. Maybe yeah. it's just letting us know, like, this But they did it again ship. when the captain says, take a seat, and he stopped for a second. He paused for a, like a moment he almost sat in the captain's chair and then he yeah. walks past and he said engage though yeah he said engage and they didn't do the joke i expected remember i predicted that when he says engage oh, the they're thing. all gonna say the hell's that mean <laughs> they're gonna and it's gonna be a big laugh line but right. it wasn't that's too bad yeah it would have worked although well, I, I appreciate not having humor when it's not that kind of you don't because that's so iconic and you don't want to but i get it yeah he hasn't said make it so yet though well good they can make fun of that. Make yeah, it so. I hope they would, too. Like, you could say, make it so, and they'll be like, make what so? What do you mean? Yeah, because that, that is weirder than engage. I guess engage might just be common parlance for go in a ship. Those are his two cat. Those are his two catchphrases. Yeah, but since engage this guy's Starfleet, so. maybe everybody says engage. We just don't know that. Yeah. 
Well, I think it's also, you know, engage the warp engines. Well, I know. But, right. So. I know, but, you know. Like the way Pike says, hit it. Yeah, but come on. <laughs> that's, I mean, not, that's not regulation to say hit it. <laughs> Data would hit somebody. <laughs> I do um, not know why you want me to hit him, but I will, sir. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm, the new captain I'm not fully sold on yet, because again, he's, he's falling into that. That archetype that I was afraid mm-hmm. of. But so, if he's the only one that's like that, then do you think that would be okay? Yeah, and again, we're worried we, about having a whole crew of them. But again, we haven't spent enough time with him yet. It's just, it's just it was just his introduction. Yeah, you know, we'll see how his character plays out as time goes on. Yeah. So we got Rios. Uh, we've got Doctor Agnes P. Girardi, the yep. leading uh, synthetic life scientist on Earth. Mm-hmm. And Rafi shows up, but she only wants a ride to Free Cloud. Right. She and doesn't then, care about sort of, but she also has information. So she's there, but she's not there. And I think next week is when we meet that the last character, the the samurai Romulan, as we've been calling. Yeah, her. I wonder yeah. what that um, is about. Yeah. Uh, and of course, so, we get the theme. I have mm-hmm. it here in my notes in capital letters and a big exclamation point. So next gen theme. Overall, how are you feeling about the episode? I liked it. It moved things forward. It deepened the mystery, sort of, with the um, with Rhonda, yeah. Rhonda. And I think it it you know it's answering questions, but it's still leaving us with the big question of like the thing who, is, who the heck are Dodge and Soji, yeah. and why do they exist? The thing is, it's answering what I, I what I what I appreciate though yeah. is that it's. It's the show is answering some things, but at least this episode, what I like about it is it didn't, as I said in the beginning, it didn't present too many new mysteries. So like, for example, and not the best example, but this is what frustrated me about discovery season two. No, um, lost. Okay. I was a big, I've said this many times on the show. I was a big, big, big Lost fan. The thing that frustrated me about the show, though, or was beginning to get to me, was whenever they would... And anybody who watched, I think... Anybody, I think, who watched Lost will probably have the same... Feel the same way. Because you watched the show, right? I did. So you remember this. They would answer one question or two questions, but in order to answer that question, like, four more would crop up. Mm. I think a lesson, big lesson was learned for TV writers. But the thing is, in all fairness, that show was done, at least in the first few seasons, with no... With no end goal in sight. They they were just making shit up as they went along and they knew it. Right. And so when an end date was finally identified like three years in advance, they were like, okay, now we got to figure this shit out. So the show was not, there was no proper planning that went into that show because it's like, okay, well, we don't know if we're going to come back for another season. Right. I, so. would, I would say that the better parallel or mm. anti-parallel is Discovery Season 2. Yeah. I've held off so far, but yeah. this is a good thing to think about is yeah. uh, Discovery Season 2 we realized and you and I said it at a point they kept adding and adding that yeah. at a point it felt like the writers realized oh my god we only have three episodes and then right. started having to catch up with themselves and all the things that they had set up with no real plan but right. here I feel like the plan is solid we're moving and like it's giving us little bits but it's keeping the main mystery there and the other parallel I would use, last one, but a more positive one, is The Mandalorian. 
one of the things that you said to me that I appreciated as far as watching The Mandalorian was you said that um, there's not much to it mm-hmm. as far as storyline goes. So, like, it's easy to follow. There's no, like, they're not piling too much on. Yeah. And that's what I feel like is the case with this show. Like, there's definitely a lot there, but, I ha- but I've, unlike season two of Discovery, I... Because remember I said multiple times, like, I'm having trouble sometimes following what's happening because we have these really fast-paced scenes of dialogue and stuff like that. Mm. And I'm not getting that sense with this no. show. And I think it's because the they have their shit together and they're really able to properly plan this. And that's what and that's what it seems like is going to happen with season three of Discovery. Now that they seem to have this whole well, thing. We hope. We I hope. Oh, we have any real evidence for well, that. No. We haven't seen anything about what the We haven't seen anything yet. But again, I can at least attribute the issues in season two of Discovery to the fact that there was a whole shit ton of writer-producer turnaround. Yeah. So whether that was the case as far as the writing went, I don't know. It's all I have to go off of. Yeah. So, yeah. But Picard does... Who knows? Maybe they'll fire some writers or producers in Discovery season before it's all all done. Well, they've done filming, so, I mean... Oh, are they? As far as I know. Um, Okay, never mind. But we had said it either last week, the week, or, or, no, last week. Picard, this show really handles those sort of as we call them, like observation lounge scenes, really well. Even though they're not yes. literally in the observation lounge, but the, the equivalent of them. And Picard was asking the outsider questions, as we said that TNG, DS Nine, and Voyager does. So you always have that one person in the scene yes. asking, right? And they're yeah. working it out in conversation, right? Rather than, as we always point to. Yes. Someone marches they into the room out. and says, hey, I figured everything out. Here's what it is. And then yes. everyone says, cool, let's work right. on and, your and that now. The audience, we'll you're, like, that. you're like, well, but why though? Yeah, how did that yeah. happen? Wait, yeah. what? Yeah, so. When did they figure this um, out? So three episodes into Picard like that, they're, they're handling that very well. And I agree. And the yeah. things are not, nothing is crazy out of left field. Right. Like not yet. felt on Discovery. Not yet. Two. Yeah. Was, now suddenly there's two Red Angels. Yeah. And we already know who the second one is, so don't worry. Um, yeah, so I think that, right, the main mystery of what, who are Dodge and Soji, where did they come from, what is their role in all yep. this, is still the main mystery. Yeah. And little things are getting right. um, taken care of as we go. So, And um, I feel like we, we have the one next step in the mystery is where's Maddox, so we're going to yep. go deal with that, and then we'll probably go to the next part. So I think that I, I feel think it'll be good. cool. Really good. I think it'll be cool because I like the fact that on the Ready Room last week, Akiva Goldsman said that the the pilot is basically the first three episodes and it'd be cool to kind of see them all edited together into one and just see it sort of as a almost like as a movie and see if it works on its own sort of as as a movie in that sense mm-hmm. um so i mean weird observation i know but yeah so. i've i've i but i feel like things have begun to efficiently fall the pieces have begun to efficiently fall into place as far as getting getting things moving the, the show wastes no time in sort of i think getting things moving yeah i i do find that a little bit worrying because i don't think that like i think the show has been good yeah and i i've not been waiting like man when are they going to get started if they're not on a ship in space and this isn't really the show this is just setting yeah, up i mean the that's reason to be i don't want it to be like yeah 
That's now we're going to fall into a routine of like fly to a planet, have a thing happen, or whatever. Well, I guess what I mean, like, <laughs> it's the writer that said it, not you. Well, so. no, it's it's the idea of. I know the idea was getting him into space, like, and I wasn't sitting here like chomping at the bit waiting for that to happen. What I mean is, I don't feel like things, and I realize we're only three episodes in, but we only have ten episodes for the season. Nothing feels like filler to me. Nothing feels like they're dragging this out. It feels like they're really efficiently... They knew from the beginning, okay, we have this many episodes to tell the story, and they affect... And it seems to me that they just very efficiently planned out how this is all going to work, how they are going to map this whole thing out. And I don't feel like time, any time so far has been wasted. No, again, nothing feels like filler. They're really moving things along at a very good pace. Yeah, I don't know that I needed Romulan synth lovemaking, but okay, I'll take it because it shows that they're getting closer yeah. and all that. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think that um, I just, you know, I like what they've been doing yeah. and I hope that they keep this type of pace. And, right. So I don't like, yeah. So. Also, don't forget, and the last point I'll make is that this is a different kind of Star Trek show. Oh, of course. So, in effect, we don't know where this show is going to take us. I mean, I kind of went into the show with the same feeling I went into with when I saw Rogue One. Like, I didn't know what I was going to expect. Like, there, I, there was nothing there was no equivalency that I could sort of fall back on and say, well, maybe it seems like, maybe it'll be a little bit like this, or maybe it'll be a little bit like that. I went into this Star Wars movie not knowing where this was going to take me. Mm. But I was willing to go along for the ride. And Picard, as Akiva Goldsman pointed out, is this is sci-fi drama. This is like a sci-fi character drama. And to Patrick Stewart's point, this is not next generation season eight this is not me going back to where i left off from this is the next phase of picard's life this is he said he was very inspired by logan and i loved hearing that because that was something Mm -hmm. logan explored an area that we never saw before right with regard to superheroes so i have nothing to compare picard to i have nothing Star Trek wise to compare the, this show series to right because yeah the other ones would not have gone in this type of direction right I do think it's interesting that he said uh, before like nobody wants to see me in a Starfleet uniform again but we got to see him this time so I'm happy about it <laughs> well think about it though I mean on one of the documentaries on the DS9 season 7 set Ronald D. Moore great writer obviously mentions how DS9 is the only Obviously, this is before Picard was made, but is the only Trek show that kind of brings something new to the table. He said, as great as Next Generation is, as great as Voyager is, as much as all the other shows are, they're all just a riff on the original series. It's a crew on a ship out in space. DS9 is the only one, was the only one up to that point that really kind of brings something new to the table. And Mm -hmm. so you you didn't know where that show was going to take you. And I think Picard is sort of in that same vein. Yes. This is a Star Trek show solely focused on a single character. This is not an ensemble show. Right. But I do like the fact that they are on a ship and they are in space. But they are investigating something specific. Whereas the other shows, it was like, wait till we encounter something random. And then we deal with it and then we move on to the next random thing we encounter. And you had much as said last week that it seems like so far that this show is, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong if you remember this thought, 
the show seems to be doing what they wanted to do initially with season one of Enterprise. It was totally land-based. Oh, yeah. They weren't in space Take your yet. time. Take your time and... Yeah. Yeah, I think they did do it very well. Um, yeah. And, and like I said, that's why... That's the only reason that the quote that you mentioned worried me a little bit. Saying, like... Because when you think of, say, Enterprise, even, like, the pilot, mm. that's all we got of that. Right. And then it was something very different. So I don't want right. this to become anything different. Right. Cool. So, yeah, great episode. I'm... I'm as always, waiting to see where they're going to take me next. So, yes. um, I believe we have a Hater's Corner this All week. Right. Yeah. Go, um, go for it. Cue up the music. I don't have any music. Okay. Um, so, I had something. Did you have something for it? Sort of. Okay. So, I have, I have only one thing. And this is just as insane as this may sound. But at the end of the day, I'm not surprised. So, apparently, people have issues with the fact that Commodore O wore sunglasses. Uh-huh. I mean, I'll, I'll at least admit this. Something about that scene felt off to me, yeah. but it she's wearing sunglasses. Like, it seemed like they were, it seemed prominent that she had them on. And I'm like, is there a reason why she's wearing them? But, like, I didn't have an issue with it. Yeah, I did notice it. And then I looked and I thought, are those Ray-Bans? Which seemed odd, too. It seemed very almost Matrixy to me for some or reason. Maybe she just like, got her eyes dilated at the uh, Daystrom Center and she needed I, to wear the sunglasses. You know, but... Um, but oh, it was a little lit off, but also... It was awkward, but I didn't... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't know that we've seen sunglasses in Star Trek before. Oh, we have. Oh, yeah. We Well, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. But... We definitely have. Yeah. You have a good example of that. Yes. Um, okay. I, point but, is, I don't get the hate for it, but whatever. No, it's very odd. You know, Trekkie's always got to find hate on something. It is so. Very so, so yeah. one of the things that I heard was that, um, with regard to this, no, not that, but a different no. hater's idea was that um, there's no way that John Luke Picard would let anyone call him JL. He would never stand for that and ruin the show for people. Maybe in the next gen days. Yeah, <laughs> nah, that, that's all. <laughs> I think it just was revealing of their relationship. I like how it, people, haters like that, seem to think that they are more qualified to write for it than an actual... Right, right. Yeah. Well, they also are very convinced that like the writers don't know anything about Star Trek. Only they do. Only they the. I mean, never mind the fact that they're centering... It's like insanely deep-cut continuity dating back to Measure right. of a Man and Bruce Maddox. And, the guy who only appeared once. Right. And the fact that we read the article in the, the, the memoir in The New Yorker uh, by Michael Chabon, and, you know, we both came away with it thinking, like, this is a guy who not only knows Star Trek, but, like, just feels a deep connection to it and, like, loves Star Trek in a very, like, positive way. Where this comes from with haters is the idea that they, if a writer does something in Trek that a fan does not approve of, then automatically that means... They don't understand Trek because it's not right. fitting in with that specific fan's vision of what they think Trek is. So it doesn't align with what they think right. makes Trek really great as far as they're concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, look, I'll, I'll, I'll admit, I think the I, I think the evil Starfleet, the evil Starfleet Admiral, that's a very old, tired trope in Trek. I'm tired of it, but I'm not going to discredit it and say this is not Trek. The writer doesn't understand it the writer clearly understands that it's trek because he knows that trek has done that before right it is uh very right it is very very common okay 
I'll read the whole thing? Okay. Yeah. This last episode of Picard really depressed me. I was holding out a small hope that this show was going to be good, and that hope is gone. What did it, I think, was that I had just started binge-watching The Expanse, and the comparison is not flattering to Picard. However, the end of the episode was what really killed it for me, when they were showing off that Star Wars reject ship and playing the Star Trek theme, I, out loud, said, You have not earned that, and I started to grieve for the show that I loved. Star Trek is dead to me now, and I am sad for it. What is, What did they say about The Expanse again? They just said the, they started binge-watching The Expanse, and it was better than Picard. Okay, maybe. Okay, but it's it's not called Star Trek: The Expanse, or it's not called Star Trek: Better Than The Expanse. <laughs> no, this is a Star Trek Enterprise episode called The Expanse. What do you think about the uh, Star Trek reject ship? I mean, Star Wars reject ship. I don't even know what that means. I think they're saying that the ship he's on looks like it should be in Star Wars, not why? But it's not good enough. For What's Star Wars. A, what the fuck is a Star Wars reject ship? Like. It's a Star Wars type design, but he's saying like it's not even good enough for Star Wars. Oh, okay. I I still have no way of gauging gauging any of that. But oh, and then the the response someone gave was credit to you for even still having hope, man. <sighs> Brave soul that he is. Where are you reading? Was that Reddit? Oh, <laughs> it's a it's a YouTube comment. Got and it. it's um. Yeah. Okay. That's all I need to know. Um, you want another one? Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Okay, what's your other one? So I was looking for more hate, and instead I found something actually sort of interesting. Someone said, what do you think is up with the sunglasses? Do you think she is a photosensitive mirrorverse version? And no one interacts with it because, like I said, this is all hate here. But oh. Remember that... Um, uh, I hope not. They had to dim the lights. Yes. For um, what was his name? The captain of the Lorca. Discovery? Lorca. Lorca. Yes, he had to dim the lights so he could eat his uh, fortune cookies in oh. peace. That's good theory. I hope not. I hadn't even considered that. I, I um, because I'm sick of the mirror universe, but I hope not. <laughs> it's valid. It is. Yeah, that could be. I mean, it explains wow. why. They also, they were so seemingly out of place. Yes. 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 Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Kudos to that person. Yeah, well, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Cool. So we will return next week for a another episode. And yeah, overall, I'm, I'm satisfied with where the show's going. I love it. Yeah. It's good. I mean, yeah, I'm excited to see the next one. So what more can I ask for? Yep. All right. We'll see everyone next week. Have fun. <laughs>